Welcome to Beyond the Call, brought to you by Start Church. We hope you enjoyed the upcoming podcast and hope this time is empowering, inspiring, and helpful as you pursue the dream God has put in your heart. The participants of this podcast are not attorneys, and this recording is not to be considered legal advice. Please contact your local attorney's office where needed. Enjoy today's podcast. Well, welcome to the Start Church podcast, Beyond the Call. It's really the, the, the podcast version of Start Church, where we're helping ministry leaders hear from practical people who are leading on the front lines of ministry. And I've got an opportunity today to have a good friend in the house, Sean Clark, who's the pastor of Five Stones Church in Tennessee. And we are pumped to have you here, Sean. Thanks so much for being with us. Nathan, thanks so much for having me on the, uh, the call, man. This is going to be a lot of fun and uh, look forward to just hanging out with you guys today. Yeah, so t- talk to, for those who don't know you, uh, tell us about the church plant. When did you plant? How did you get that call? Just kind of give people your, your backstory. Yeah, yeah. So we, uh, we actually started our church in 2016. Um, I was at a church for 12 years prior to doing so, a little church plant by the name of Church of the Highlands. In, in Birmingham. People have heard of it, yeah. <laughs> people have heard of it, yeah. So, uh, yeah, so, um, you know, how the call to plant a church, I, I think as I've come to understand it. I just really feel like I think there's just the apostolic call in my life to start new works. And uh, in that process of going to Church of the Highlands, um, they asked me to launch a campus. We moved to Auburn, Alabama and did that for three and a half, four years and had a great time doing it. In the process of doing it, I looked at my wife and said, okay, I think we're done. And she's like, what? Wow. You know, you got to be kidding me. We just moved our family down here and everything was going great. I said, no, I think there's this church plant still in us to go you know, do this. And so this was 2009, went looking for different places, uh, traveled to three different cities, and um, I've been to Nashville a couple of times growing up, but didn't know much about it. Um, drove into the city, drove all around the city, and on my way home, looked on a map and saw Franklin, Tennessee, and drove down into Franklin, Tennessee, and uh, looked at some boarded up windows in 2009, and first thought in my brain was, this is a cute little town, I hope it makes it. Um, that tells you how little I knew about it. If you know anything about Franklin, Tennessee, it's one of the fastest growing areas. Um, Next thought I had in my heart was, this is it. And I was like, what in the world, you know? Like, uh, do they even need a church here? Are there enough people here? All these questions I began to wrestle with in my mind. Um, we went back and continued to, to work for Highlands. Uh, talked with my pastor, just submitted to his leadership, his authority in my life. And uh, he encouraged me, if I wanted to go do it, to go talk to an ARC that was uh, being led by Billy Hornsby at the time. And I went and talked to Billy, and Billy actually... Uh, uh, this give me too much information. You can put a, just put a big X up and say no, but this is, uh, I'm giving you the, the long version of it. I'll give you the shorter version right. of it. Uh, but he great. said, hey, Sean, I want you to, want you to uh, you know, reconsider going and planning and coming and helping us with ARC. And so yeah. uh, we prayed about it and felt like that was a redirect and moved back to Birmingham and did ARC for four years. Uh, wow. Got to meet you as um, yep. our church group and just uh, really uh, uh, had a great time just researching what was working in church planning um, yeah. and just helping church planners uh, give the information that we were finding with the ARC that was, sure. that was helpful. Um, you know, I, I think the whole time I was doing that, I remember standing on stage and telling those that were going and planning churches that I was jealous because I felt like they were going to get to do what I really felt called to do. Uh, sure. I kept asking myself the question, why don't you go do it then? You know, yeah. uh, I don't know that I had the answer at the time, but I think looking back now, I know why I didn't. And that was, uh, I was scared. I was scared that it was going to be harder than I thought it was, that it was going to cost me more than I thought it was. <laughs> and I came to find 
now that answer is yes. <laughs> it is harder than we think that it is, you know? Yeah. Um, it's worth it. Um, so anyway, uh, long story short, I, I, I uh, continued to work there at ARC. I went and talked to my pastor again. He, he asked me if I would consider coming on uh, his team, and I served for two years on his lead team. And uh, at a church that I had shown up as a volunteer, uh, I was in youth ministry and found out about the church, showed up and volunteered, and now was had the incredible, incredible privilege of being able to sit on uh, his lead team and serve directly under him and serve with some, some of the best leaders in the country. And yet that tug on my heart to come to Franklin, Tennessee just wouldn't go away. Wow. Um, you know, really is that, you know, the story of the talents, you know, the five, the, um, the two and the, the one, yeah. and he said, the one with the one dug a hole. And then when he got in trouble, it was because he said, I was afraid. Sure. And this resonated with me. It's like, I just have so much fear, but yet I know I'm being disobedient now that if I don't go do this, I'm going to stand before God one day and I'm going to have to give an account for that. And so yeah. we did it 2015. We loaded up the, the bus, so to speak, and moved this way excuse me, 2016. Um, and then five months later, we, we started Five Stones Church. Wow, that's incredible. You know, it's so funny about that story, how often I hear that sentiment, like, I'm, I'm scared, I'm nervous to do this, but I feel like if I don't do it, I'll be in sin. Like, this is God's call yeah. in my life. Yeah. We had a felt like I was being disobedient. Yeah. So tell me about the dream of, of Five Stones. Somebody says, tell me about the church. What's, what's the vision? What's, what does God want to do through Five Stones? Yeah. So, you know, I think too, as a, as a church planter, you know, I've, I've watched a number of guys too. There's a lot of us as we come and plant a church and you understand this, that, you know, we learn a lot sitting under people. And I think the first couple of years, it's a lot about learning. Um, not that, you, not that you don't know how to hear the voice of God, but hearing the voice of God uniquely for you outside of any other influence. And so I think that's really what the first couple of years were here. It's just, I had a lot of thoughts and ideas. Um, you know, it's not much different than, you know, the church I come from. I really do have a heart that, that really does want to reach lost people. Right. Um, and how that we're trying to do that, though, I, you know, we say it here that we want to honor God first, you know, that we just want to live a, a God-honoring life no matter what we right. do. And it really is wrapped around the, the two greatest commandments. You know, we, we want to love each other well. That is probably one of my favorite things about doing church ministry is hearing people say, wow, you know, this place is different, you know, like I, like different, like different from what? It's like, well, I, I just feel the love when I come in this room. Like I feel the love immediately, you know, yeah. in the parking lot all the way in, there's something special about the people here. And I think that's because we grabbed onto the fact that if we've been loved like God does love us, then how can we not love the people as they show up? Yeah, that's right. Um, and so I think out of that, I just think out of that, that we are salt and light and that we will reach the world around us. And so um, that really is our heart. Our heart is to, um, for me, uh, a Presbyterian kid growing up, uh, got involved with a spirit-filled church uh, later on in life, a little bit confused going into college, uh, went to every other denominational church I can think of, including the Catholic church when I dated her Catholic girl. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I was just searching like, Lord, show me. Yeah, sure. And it really was uh, my time at Church of the Highlands and just sitting under Pastor Chris, just seeing the, the gospel play it out and really how we can grab hold of all of what the word says and apply yeah. it to our lives and really be able to live it in such a way that does make a difference. Yeah, so good. Now, Sean, I've watched you pastor, uh, train hundreds of pastors. I've had the opportunity to come to a lot of events with you and see you do that. Um, what is working? What do you see that you're, you're doubled down on? These are the things I believe I've taught. What are some things you've learned? Uh, what would you say to some pastors as you're kind of um, 
putting some of that into play or what are new things that you've learned? So what do you double down on and say, man, I believe this more than ever before. What are things you've learned and say, man, I, I wish every pastor in America knew this. Yeah. You know, <laughs> I believed it. Um, we said it was true. Even when guys came to, you know, to church planting training, you know, it's like, yeah, you got to win the war in the spiritual. Yeah. You know, I mean, I believe it now. You know what I'm saying? I mean, but, Holy cow. I mean, there is so much physical in church planting that if you're not careful, you'll miss out on how much spiritual there is in church planting. Yeah. And so, you know, it's just, it's, it's just tiring physically, you know, from pulling trailers to setting up to in and out. But, but if you get off and start really working the the physical side of church planting without really digging in and winning the battle spiritually, it's going to eat your lunch. And I think that, is what I started to experience really in the year or two. I just, I mean, I, I found myself just getting eaten up because I was working really hard. Not that I wasn't praying and reading my Bible, but in many ways it was the thing necessary to do in order to plant a church. You know, it wasn't the thing that was driving the church. Yeah. And uh, I know it sounds bad for a pastor to say that, but it's just where I was. I was, yeah. I'm good at working hard. And so I just worked really hard. Yeah. Uh, and then things started happening and man, I mean, I, I, I didn't know which way was up for, for season. You know, I was like, Lord, help me. You said the thing, the thing you're doubling down on is saying you got to win the war in the spirit. Absolutely. Absolutely. And so just, you know, uh, working on my prayer life and working on, you know, reading the word and just knowing the word. I mean, and even coming into the season with COVID and where we are in our country and in the world, I mean, you're seeing even more so just knowing yeah. truth. Yeah. The truth of God's word and being able to stand on his truth, you know, because yeah. I mean, everything else is changing. Sure. <laughs> It'll change this week, but God never changes. Yeah. So that's really what I'm doubling down on. Lord, you called us to this. You're going to see us through this. And ultimately, it's not even about me anyway. It's not about five stones. We're just here to honor you. It's all about honoring you. And so do what you want to do with it yeah. as long as it honors you. You're giving us gold here. You know, what I love is I hear you coming out and saying it really is a spiritual battle inside. I, you got to stay buoyant in the spirit. Uh, I think if you're listening to this podcast, understand that's the permission you're hearing here. It's just, hey, keep your heart clean and pure in love with Jesus because church planning is hard. <laughs> Let's flip it on this way, Sean. What are you learning new? Uh, the message doesn't change what the methods do. We haven't even got into COVID yet, but what what are you learning new about church planting? Um. Well, I mean, you know, the methods, you know, we, as we say, yeah, the, the message doesn't change, but the methods do. I think that's, as I'm talking to guys, you know, you know, even um, talking to a guy that he's trying to launch in the fall and he's trying to uh, figure out he's going to do it online and he's got his group. And I'm just like, man, look, I, I mean, I know that we've trained you. I know you've gotten a lot of training and a lot of people. So don't let me just be the only voice of reason in your ear, but I don't know that there is a playbook for this. You know what I'm saying? Sure. I mean, other than, than the word of God. I mean, you, you've just got to just seek the Lord in this and be okay with trusting him and yeah. going and trying and doing some things a little bit different. But I think for me, I, you know, it, this season that we're in where it really has felt like it, it feels like a step back, but it's not, we've taken a step deeper in our stepping back. Yeah. But in this season of stepping back, you know, it's, it's just different. It's uh people are enjoying the smaller environments. And so uh, we're probably getting away, I say getting away with, so please forgive me if that 
in any ways makes you feel uncomfortable in COVID. I'm not trying to get away with stuff, but I think people aren't as nervous around our environments than they may be around other environments. And so um, people are showing up and people are enjoying being back together. I'm hearing stories of people that are larger than us that they're having more of a challenge. And so I think back to the church planner, the audience that might be listening right now, that you've got opportunity. You really do. You've got opportunity to lean into the small, probably like never before, because yeah. people are desiring it like never before. Yeah, that's so good. So today, if you're listening to this podcast in the future, today is August 6th, 2020. We're in the middle of a global. Exactly. Pandemic, right? So Sean, I remember you saying, uh, you know, when I launched, I can't wait to pastor through a global pandemic. Wait, <laughs> that wasn't in I remember that wasn't in here. Yeah. Let's, session seven, right? Yeah, I, I thought that was in your third year plan. Um, let's talk about COVID a little bit. So you're, you're there, you're trying to hack out a church out of a city, right? You're trying to plant and all of a sudden this happens, this COVID outbreak happens. Nobody saw this coming. What are some of the initial challenges that hit you as a local church and how did you deal with them? Um, well, I mean, our, you know, for right, wrong and indifferent, we had some, or I had some, I said, we, we're, we as the church, me, me as the leader, I had some thoughts about, uh, you know, us and people showing up. And if we went, you know, digital as far as video, like, you yeah. know, we weren't really, really ready for video. Our lighting wasn't great. So our initial challenge was we just weren't, we weren't ready for it. We weren't on video. Yeah. Um, I mean, at all, we had a podcast. And so week one, uh, I mean, it's like, what in the world are we going to do? Yeah. Um, you know, I had uh, even a greater challenge. It's week one of COVID in our area. We found out um, that someone had it. And I say week one, um, we were able to have a smaller service prior to actually having to go video and things being shut down. But that next week, uh, my wife had it. And so um, she was quarantined in my bedroom and I'm quarantined in the living room and no one's coming around my family. And so it's me and an iPhone. So I'm like, I mean, I'm trying to, you know, shoot to an iPhone and that's you know, yeah. the first couple of weeks shooting an iPhone. So all the video thing, it was just, it, you know, it's all just a learning curve and learning process yeah. and, and not even a team. So just finding people that can do it and research it and help us yeah. uh, we're trying to learn as fast as we could just to be able to get something up for our people to even watch. Yeah. Um, I think that was the biggest challenge. Um, and then the next challenge was just how do we stay connected? Um, yeah. you know, you know, texting, calling conversations, you know, they're nice to have, but it's not real connection. Yeah. Um, how do we stay connected? So, you know, the whole thing with zoom, we're, how, how many people were doing that? You know what I'm saying? I mean, sure. And, and that was okay initially, but after a while it, it kind of lost its, its connectivity. Zoom fatigue. You know? What's that? Zoom fatigue. It was. It was Zoom fatigue because people were doing it with work. And now we're going to do it for small groups. And, yep. and I know some guys may be listening and you're trying it and you're doing it. Again, it, it was different than our culture. Our culture is a very uh, friendly. I mean, we've, we've had numerous people say that about our church, like one of the friendliest churches. And so we're just friendly. Like we love to hug. Um, yeah. You know, that's just going to happen. I've hugged strangers before just saying, I'm sorry. I just, my, I get in the habit and next thing you know, I'm hugging people I don't even know. I apologize yeah, yeah. to you. So, yeah. um, so it felt very foreign for us and we were trying yeah. to figure out how, how to do that. And then I think the next battle for COVID was just helping people battle fear, you know, yeah. like, um, I mean, everybody, I remember thinking it, if somebody catches it, we're all, you know, we all could die, you know, and, yeah. and, 
somebody listening to me, you may have known someone that has. I have a friend who has an aunt who passed away. Yeah. Um, but that mindset began to grip people. And you just can watch it, you know, even hear it in people's voices about this life. And, and that's tough because you, we care and we don't want them to feel that. But yet as a spiritual leader, it's not about this life, right? It's about our life everlasting with him. And so how, how do I get people to understand that I'm concerned about that? But man, the greater good is staying focused upon him. Um, and so then our next challenge was, when do we move back and how do we move yeah. back? And is it okay to move back? And when we move back, you know, are people going to think that we're being insensitive? Um, yeah. If we move back, do we mandate everything? Do we not mandate anything? You know, all these questions you're like, I just remember thinking I'm going to lose my mind and trying to answer all these questions. So it was a very challenging deal and it has been since the start of this. And I don't know that I've made all the right an or the, the right decisions, but I really felt like I've made our right decisions. You know, I really that's feel like right. I've got a piece from God on it. Yeah. And I think that's what everybody needs to, if I could say anything to anyone is that that's what we need to give everyone some space to do is just to hear from the Lord for your own unique area, for your own unique season, for your own unique time. Yeah. And pass more people through this. Yeah. I think there needs to definitely be grace here. Some churches all masked, some churches, no mask that should not create any divide. We're all on the same team trying to hear from the Lord kind of, what, what, let me ask you this as a leader. So leading in crisis, obviously, it demands some different skills, right? It's different than everything's working and everything's normal. Now you're almost in wartime leadership. What have you seen skills that you had to, had to start using? Where, where did you see the leadership begin to change in your own life to say, wow, I need to do this more as a leader in this season? Uh, I don't know if I'm going down the right road. I guess when you're asking this, what I initially think is, um, I, I think I, I realized in my life, maybe some of my leadership that was, um, I don't know if the right phrase is pre-prescribed. Like I, I already, like I had a roadmap, you know, and, and, you know, it, it's not hard for me to take my family to Florida. We've been there before. You know what right. I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, get in the car drive. I got a maps app. Let's roll with, it. I know the stops along the way and the gas stations yeah. I need to hit. Um, you know, taking them on a journey across country, uh, it's a little different thing. I don't know where, what roads to take. And, yeah. and it's a, just a, it's the same skill set, but it's just different. And so I think that's really this season is I've realized, wow, even in church planting, that is so, so, um, different for every individual so different for every yeah. city so different for every season there's a there was a lot of me leaning on well this is how we get to florida and now god's kind of just said well are you gonna listen to me you're yeah. gonna trust me i'm gonna take chances with yeah. me yeah. yeah there is no backing there's nobody saying this isn't a great idea sean you know <laughs> i mean <laughs> uh, nobody's cheering See, the certain decisions no one's cheering you on they're just staring at you and you're going okay you either have to believe that you're leading effectively in this or not. And you've got to be able to die on this hill now, so to speak. What, what do you think is the key to pastoring people through crisis? Uh, you mentioned fear, you know, it's not going away. So just this year, obviously we've had, we've had COVID, we've had the death of George Floyd. We have had murder hornets. Uh, you know, we have had um, an impeachment happen. We haven't even gotten to the election yet. Like yeah. this year, um, what do shepherds need to know? 
people that are listening to the podcast right now who are shepherding people, right? What, what, do, what shepherding skills right now, what shepherding should look like? Um, you know, I, I think for us too, I, I continue to go back to where am I putting my trust? And, sure. and for me, if I'm not leading, I can't lead people, you know, um, Paul said it, I think it's the last part of Romans. Uh, he says, I don't presume to speak of anything yet what Christ has accomplished in me first. And then he says, resulting in obedience in the Gentiles in word and deed. Yeah. And so if I want it to be you know, effective for them, it's got to be effective for me. And yeah. so yeah. I think that's it for me is that I've got to grab a hold of it. I've got to. And then this pandemic time, man, I've been in those seasons just right there with everyone else, you know? I mean, I have a, I have a younger, uh, my youngest daughter has a, um, she has a chronic cough that'll come back every now and then. We don't know why it's there. And so initially with COVID, I'm like, if she catches it, man, I'm, I'm like quarantining my kids during spring break saying you can't go outside because she might get it, you know, and there's all this fear in me and I can feel it just gripping my heart. And I'm, I'm having to allow the Holy Spirit to disciple me, you know, get it right in me first. I can't go lead everybody else out of this if I'm not out of this yet, you know? Yeah. And so I think that's where... I think that's where, whether or not I've led everybody effectively in all of this, I think I've led myself effectively and in doing so done a pretty good job with our, with our church um, because I've come through a very difficult deal of yeah. being a fear. That is um, so good. You just said lead yourself. I think you're hitting something nail on the head. A lot of pastors right now are all out there and they are internally not buoyant. They're not spiritually fresh. They're not practicing the gospel, not because they don't want it, because they're giving out so much. They didn't tend their own vineyard. And, um, and that's, that's, I think too, we're, yeah, I think we're into that, even that fear that's kind of, it's, it's prevalent in our world today in a heightened fashion than ever before that I'm feeling it. But then it, 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 it seeps into my leadership. Yeah. Fear of this is, oh my gosh, how long is this going to last now? Yeah, like sure. I'm talking about not only last in the world, but how long is my church going to last? You know, I mean, is it going to fold up? I mean, or this is this going to be it? Is this what is this what kills it? Am I going to be yeah. on the downward cycle of the curve here, and then we're over? No, no, I'm going to lead myself. So I'm going to listen to the voice of God, and in that, God's going to have His way, and I'm going to honor Him. Yeah, that's so good. What do you think? Um, in our last couple minutes here, let's talk about messaging. What do you think the church needs to hear right now? Let's start there. What do you think the local congregations need to hear from their pastors? Um, so so I, I started out the year with two, uh, two messages. And I said, I don't know. I was like, this is not the way you grow a church. I was like, I'm starting out. I think week one was on sin. Yeah. And the other week was on suffering. And yeah. I was like, up with fasting, you've got your trifecta. <laughs> exactly. It's like, what am I doing? Like, why am I preaching? You know, it's like, but I was like, y'all, I just felt like the Lord said, go in this direction. You know, it's like, you know, you got, we've got to deal with the sin that is in our hearts and in our yeah. lives. And we've got to be willing to walk through suffering. Yeah. I don't think we teach that. I don't think we enough. I don't think we, yeah. you know, because we care and there's this shepherding in us that wants people to be okay yeah and that's a broad word okay we, we want them to we want them to move closer to god we want them to yeah. hear the calling of god on their life we want all these things for them and in many ways sometimes i i, I think and i'll point to me I, 
some of my time has been all about bettering them and their walk with God versus showing them our ultimate need for God, regardless of what else takes place in the world. And I mean, it's just, it's all going to end here one day. We're all going to go on to glory and be with him forever. I'm not a doomsday person, but let's not get so consumed with the here and now that we miss out on the one who created the here and now. So good. You know, I've really respected that as I've heard different pastors deal with this. Some pastors are like, it's almost over. We're going back to normal. And I've really been impressed by the guys who have said, let me take you on a theological journey about suffering and about what happens before the, in the generation before the Lord returns. Let me just tell you where this thing goes. And we may not be there yet, but we might be on the beginnings of it. Here's what birth pangs look like. And I actually think that gives me as a believer good handles for this. You know what I mean? If this is just a blip where we go back to normal, then it's just random. If it's not random and if it's in the, in the meta narrative of the gospel, all of a yeah. sudden I, I've got handles for the moment. I, I really appreciate that, Sean. That's good, man. Yep. I mean, I think, I think that should be the normal positioning of the disciple is that I'm ready for whatever comes our way. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. You know? I mean, I'm ready, like, because I know who yeah. my hope is in. Yeah. Is that framing, let's, let's flip it on its side. What, is the, what does the world need to hear from the church right now? What does the world need to hear? Yeah, what does the world need to hear? What does the world need to hear? The world that doesn't know truth, the world that, as the word says, would consider anything that I would say in the world of truth and the Bible to be foolishness. Yeah. They need to see someone that is absolutely confident in the midst of the flames that are going on around us, the COVID, the all the turmoil, we're good. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like there is this peace in me, this confidence in me. Like I just want people to know, like, you know, we get in conversations, I'll take walks in my neighborhood and we'll get, you know, people stop and say, hey, when we start talking, it goes into a number of areas, COVID, we start talking politics, we start talking all, you know, different things. Yeah. And then uh, this heightened stress, you know, you can see it on their face. And then I may be guilty and step into and start talking. Have you seen that video here? You've had, you heard that story here and you get into all these conversations. And I'm like, my wife and I both say like, may we always be people to take it back to, Hey, but we're good because he is sovereign. Like he is ultimately the one who is in control. It does not matter. It does not, it does matter, but it does not matter eternally. It does matter in the current. If I were to get it, if I were to die, if something were to happen to my friends and family, it does matter. But it yeah. doesn't matter in light of eternity because he is sovereign and he will use it for his honor, for his glory. Hey, if your person gets voted for and makes it into president or the other person gets voted for, make it doesn't matter. God is sovereign. We should be the most faith-filled, peace-loving people right now in the midst of the greatest turmoil we've ever seen. And I think that's what the world needs to see. I think that I even said to my church, I said, that's the, that's the world that'll sit up on, you know, in their chair and go, wait a second. I want to get in on that. You know what I'm saying? I need that for my life. So good. Where does my help come from? Right. My help that's right. from the Lord. Yes. Amen. Well, John, we, we appreciate you being on the podcast. You've been a great encouragement to our listeners and uh, we hope God just does something great in five stones and we'll hope to have you back on the podcast soon. Hey, thanks for uh, just allowing me to tell a little bit of my story. I hope it's in every way honored him. So thank you. Thank you for listening to Beyond the Call, brought to you by Start Church. If you have any questions about what you've heard today, please give us a call at 844-641-5718 or visit our website at startchurch.com. 
We hope you'll join us for the next episode of Start Church Beyond the Call. Start Church has helped thousands of churches and ministries protect what God has given them to lead. Check out our website at startchurch.com or feel free to call at 844-641-5718. We would be honored to serve you.